You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another EP, a little Wild Out Wednesday episode of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talking news update, where you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and the brand new updated You Can Argue That Sports where the show automatically updates to the website. So don't forget to check that out. Subscribe to the website. We are currently giving, uh, well, we're actually starting a giveaway for the next two weeks. Enter, subscribe to enter your name with a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card. Some sports guy here today by myself actually doing a solo show. Uh, Cody was not able to make it, but we are still going to talk about the Texans offense and what they could do to go against a much improved, much improved SPACs, Chiefs secondary defense, and together, all together rather. So we have to talk about that. And, of course, listen, we know the Chiefs offense is going to bring the firepower. We get it. We understand that. So that's also going to be discussed, what they bring to the table, their mismatches, and just basically how can we be prepared to fight this team come Sunday in Arrowhead Stadium, the Battle of the Barbecue, uh, <laughs> which was uh, something we talked about the other day. One thing that needs to be talked about a little bit, and we're going to definitely get into the game, but as you guys know, the first segment is usually where we kind of have like an off-topic of such terrible headlines. Terrible headlines that associate people instead of the person it is talking about. And this is in regards to J.J. Watts uh, coming to his, I don't know if she's the fiancé. Yeah, she's a fiancé, Houston Dash soccer player. Uh, they traded her, and ABC 13 tweeted out Houston Dash trade J.J. Watts' fiancé to Chicago. He came to bat. Good to see J.J. Watt do that. Also, here is some numbers which will kind of help out uh, the point that I'm going to make later on about the Chiefs' offense. In the last five games, I just want to give you guys this update. Jacob Martin has four and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, seven QB hits, one fumble recovery. In the last five playoff games, Whitney Merciless has recorded seven sacks and 12 QB hits. Also, Merciless with J.J. Watt this season, week one through eight and the wild card, 11 QB hits, seven tackles for loss, uh, six and a half sacks, and five forced fumbles. Without J.J. Watt, week nine through 17, only seven. Seven QB hits, two tackles for loss, two f- sacks, and zero forced fumbles. So having J.J. Watt back on that field with this team is tremendous for a lot of guys. Merciless can get going. We know if he gets going, that means Jacob Mark can get going. And then that means other guys like Angelo Blackson, who's been uh, tremendous on special teams in the last few weeks, DJ Reader, Scarlett, uh, all of those guys can play their roles and maximize themselves in their positions, which can, you know, in the end, affect what this defense can do to stop. What are the Chiefs going right now? 28 points per game, 29 points per game, firepower, led by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes at the helm. It's going to be a nice game. I think the Texans have a true opportunity 
true chance to win this game. I know currently ESPN is only giving the Texans 18.5% chance to win this game according to their power matchup predictor. I, I don't think that's fair considering the team beat them already early in the season. And I know, I know, I've even said it. We've talked about it before. This is a different Chiefs team. And quite frankly, I think this is a different Texans team. But how the Texans can play down to their opponent, i.e. the Broncos, i.e. the Panthers. They've also been able to play up to their opponent, i.e. the Chiefs, i.e. the Patriots. So we're definitely going to see how um, this offense can combat the Chiefs' defense. And, quite frankly, you don't win games unless you score points. They have to score points. Don't go anywhere. We have to talk about the Houston Texans' offense and what they can do. I can't wait. Locked on Texans, a wild-out Wednesday edition. Welcome back, everybody. So, what have we learned since the last time we faced off against the Chiefs? Well, as discussed early on in the week, the Chiefs' defense has improved dramatically. At one point, they were giving up, uh, was it roughly around 24 points per game? They allowed... Uh, 31 to the Texans since week 11. The Chiefs have only gave up 11.5 points per game. Uh, through the first 10 weeks of the season, the Chiefs allow 148 yards on the ground. Well, uh, since then, they've only allowed 95. At one point, they were 19th in scoring defense, and now they're number seven with 45 sacks. And this Texan team just allow seven to the Buffalo Bills. So what we know about them is they've improved in areas in the last seven weeks on a consistent basis. And we've asked ourselves all the time, will the Texans improve in this area? Okay, they've improved one week. Will they stay consistent? Those two questions never line up the answers never line up with one another on a consistent basis you know early in the season we've had games in a row where they did not give up a sack that's good but then boom four or five sacks given up and a, a part of that always comes especially this season in your third year, I'll say your second and a half year because of what happened in your rookie year with Deshaun Watson in regards to him I mean Every time there's a sack, the question is, well, did he cause the sack by not getting rid of the ball? Was he not being in, uh, decisive? Was he being indecisive with the ball? What was Watson doing? Did the linemen just get beat? You know, those always go hand in hand this entire season. And so the Texans have really failed um, in a sense of a consistent improvement week in and week out as to where – in the last seven weeks, the Chiefs have really improved. Now, granted, they've played offenses outside of the Patriots um, and the Patriots offense. The, the numbers really don't represent the Patriots offense because they're just good at getting in the red zone, and I know this. And then they, they score by multiple different ways, but that offense is not as potent as it has been in the past. But they've played the Chargers twice. 
They played the Broncos, you know, the Oakland Raiders, well, whatever they are, the Las Vegas to L.A. Raiders, whatever they are now. So, so they've played bad offenses, but it doesn't matter. You're holding them to 11 and a half points in that span. Now, in regards to what the Texans can do, the first aspect of getting this offense going, first and foremost, is giving your QB the time to throw and protecting him. And like I said, that goes hand-in-hand with Watson being decisive. Giving up seven sacks to the Bills, it's not going to happen. It cannot happen. It can happen, but it cannot happen when you play against this Kansas City Chiefs team. They're number four in the league in total yards lost in regards to sacks. I think they're like 340, 50 maybe. So their sacks are really pushing your ass back. They have 45 on a year. They're getting after your quarterback. They're making it hard for him. Watson has to do a better job in protecting himself and being decisive. Last week, I counted three sacks on Watson alone, and the guards will have a busy day with Chris Jones. This guy's a monster. Chris Jones has caused disruptions for teams all year, has nine sacks on the year, even more QB hits, great at getting pressure through that inside gap. So I'm going to wonder, you know, last week we saw a lot of uh, blitz pickups from Duke Johnson. Carlos Hyde, you know, he, 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 he was back there as well. I'm going to wonder the protection scheme that they're going to draw up. Are they going to use a tight end a little bit more to add protection to that offensive line, for that offensive line, rather? But the thing is, listen, we saw Fails last week try to block, uh, was it um, Ed Oliver? Was it, was it uh, who was it, Shaq Lawson? That didn't turn out good at all. So they're going, the Texans are going to have to find very creative ways to get extra um, additional help when it comes to blocking. Also, not only are they going to have problems with Chris Jones up the middle, but the Chiefs bring the blitz on 29% of their defensive plays, leads to 51 QB knockdowns. That's eighth in the league. They're getting after your quarterback. So with that being said, they are going to be opportunities. they are going to be play breakdowns. I think the Texans are going to do a very good job of scheming ways to make short, intermediate passes easier to get out, and that's great. But there are going to be opportunities for Watson to really use his legs, and that's a part of his game that I think Watson does not want to utilize as much. We know he has his injury history dating back to college. First year in the league, he came in in seven games. I mean, he set the league on fire. The Texans went three and four in those games, I believe. But those games against Seattle and the Patriots put the league on notice. Last year he goes 11 to 5. But listen, there are going to be aspects, uh, not aspects, but there are going to be times in this game where Watson can truly take over. And in the past, this season, history shows that it works out better for this offense. In 10 games this season, Watson, when Watson rushes over 30 yards, the Texan averaged 28 points per game. And he also has four rushing touchdowns in that game. The very first game of the year, Watson had 57 yards against the Saints. They had 28 points. 48 yards against the Falcons, they put up 53. 42, the next week, the Chiefs, they put up 31. So his ability is... And, I mean, they put up 28 against the Pats. He had negative one yards, but 
I mean, what he was able to do throwing the ball was just amazing. But he has the ability to take over games with his legs. I think the problem is it, it comes in a couple areas. A, are the Texans and Bill O'Brien, Tim Kelly, are they trying to preserve Watson for the future because of his history? That could play a role into it. But this is the first time you've had Deshaun Watson in a divisional round. He won his first playoff game. Those jitters are out the way. I don't see a reason to hold him back. Especially when we've seen before whether it's design or whether it's just him using what he has to get what he wants, you know? Like, listen, if you want to play the game like Players Club, use what you have to get what you want. And he has that ability. He's good at it. He's damn good at it. And the numbers show that when you rush over 30 yards, just 30, your team is putting up 28 points per game. Rush for five yards, you only score 13. Rush for 12 yards, you only score 10. Rush for 12 yards, you only score seven. Rush for 10 yards, 20. Those games are not going to cut it against this Chiefs team because how great they can stop you and how great they can score. So you know the best way to stay in this game is, for one, be ready for a shootout. Bring your whole entire arsenal. And he cannot create those sacks, especially with Frank Clark. Chris Jones, whom I mentioned, they bring the blitz a lot and effectively because that's just how this defense is built. Hey, you know what? Listen, you also got to win on third down. The third down is the money down. We know that. That's been historically true. If you win on third down, more opportunities. More opportunities mean more time. More time means what? You keep the other team off the field. And that's going to be another area that they have to really focus in on on winning because the Chiefs, they only allow 37% on third down conversions. So they're not only getting after your quarterback, making his day rough, making your front five rough, their day rough rather, they're getting your ass off the field with the quickness. But I tell you what, in order to beat this team, the first thing the Texans need to do, break out the playbook. And Texans fans, lovers, everybody that is in the Bulls on parade, it is an internal fight that leads to an external explosion. Whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, your social medias, after how many games do we scream to the TV, to one another, to your family and friends, even to the kids sometimes. Just get out the, get out the room. Open the damn playbook. This is not the game to be conservative. It's not the game to be conservative. And I, I'll say this, in that second half, after the J.J. Watt sack, the play to, the, 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 which is the play to spark the, the 22-6 run, the play on offense to get it going, the score, what was that? What did Deshaun Watson do? And that was against the Bills, who, if you play like that the entire game, their offense has no chance in hell of keeping up. Not with Josh Allen, that quarterback. You cannot play conservative. It's, if conservative play is the way this team is going to play Sunday, which I don't think it will. I think we'll see a lot more screens. I think we'll see a lot more 
of Duke Johnson featured because of the team we're playing. He's shiftier. He can do a lot more in space than what Carlos Hyde can. Of course, if they get down in the red zone, I have no problem with seeing Carlos Hyde if they're inside the five or the ten, uh, four out of the, three out of the four times, unless they kick a field goal. If they go for it on four, four out of the four times, unless they switch out Carlos Hyde for Duke Johnson on the fourth down. But Duke Johnson has a different type of style of his play that is can do a little bit more damage to this Chiefs defense. Because of his speed, because of his shiftiness and craftiness in space. So I think we'll see a little bit heavier dosage of uh, Duke Johnson than we did in the Bills game. You know, he only had three carries in the Bills game, which was for like, I believe, 38 yards. Um, And then he had three catches in that Bills game for around 30 yards as well. But I think we'll see a little bit more of him run some screens, get this Chiefs defense off balance a little bit. Because, A, you know, they're going to bless you. They are going to bless you. Spag will bring pressure to offset that pressure. Hit them in places where they're not ready for. Whether it's a a running back screen, a tight end screen. And, uh, more importantly, make sure that those hot routes are ready. When pressure is on the way, get the ball out. And if you can't get it to your own receiver, well, of course, we know we don't want you to give it to the opposing team. Get the ball out of your hands. What does the Chiefs offense do that's going to make this day difficult for the Texans offense? We'll find out. But one thing you never want to be difficult is having a good time with the lady of your night. Because sometimes it's not of your life. (laughs) Let's be honest. We're all adults here. Sometimes it's not the entire life you're trying to spend just tonight, and you don't want a difficult time getting ready, you don't at all. So who can help you with that? Who can help you get to that good sex? If you need that extra confidence, if you need that extra boost, I know that's Blue Chew, because with Blue Chew, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed just by visiting BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in a pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Just a good time. You're here for a good time, not a long time. Blue Chew can help extend that time. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. One thing about Twitter... It's a fun place when it's intended to be fun. I know a lot of times, you know, people take it overboard and um, go too far. Um, but Shams of the NBA, uh, he tweeted that the Heat will retire Dwayne Wade's number three jersey during a three-day ceremony. It got me thinking. If this trend continues and spreads uh, to other leagues, how many people will lose their job in celebrating J.J. Watt's retirement? Because that's going to happen over a span of three months. 
if because you know they're taking a three day for retirement, Dwayne Wade's number three. If Houston did that over a course of three months for ninety nine, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Also, when scrolling Twitter, Todd Lutz, who is a Chiefs fan, you know, he tweeted uh, that he listened to the Locked On Texans podcast, and they we had plenty of good things to say about the Chiefs, which we did. I'm not gonna lie and say this team is you know terrible or talk ourselves up. No, we need to come prepared. Uh, but he also said that could be great, could be a great weekend for the red and yellow. They scare. Oh, we're not scared. We're just realistic. Ideally, this is not the Bills. This is not the Bills. Nor would I sit here and pretend that we're going to play a point two of Buffalo. Hell no. If we come into Sunday's game lackadaisical, lethargic, slow, predictable, if I can call out plays before they happen, it's going to be a long Sunday. A uh, good Sunday for the Chiefs' kingdom. A bad Sunday for the Bulls on parade. The Texans third down against the Bills, 52. They allowed the Bills to convert on 52% of their third downs. During the season, they allowed teams to convert on 48.5% on third downs. Now, granted, there were games where we were without an entire secondary. We know how, how bad the defense got once J.J. Watt went down which led to Willie Merciless not playing up to standard as he was. This also led to the emergence of Jacob Martin, but to no avail. What I'm getting at is the Chiefs offense, they convert on 47.5% of their third downs. They average 8.1 yards per pass play. And what... Still concerns me from that Buffalo Bills game. A true concern were three drives. The very first drive of the game. They go six plays, three and a half minutes, 75 yards. They get a touchdown on that. It took the Bills six plays to drive 75 yards in three and a half minutes. Now, granted, Brian Dabble did the best job he could, which I think he's having some coaching. Um, is he interviewing for the Browns? I believe he is. Coming from that Bills team, uh, hard-nosed team, blue-collar team, blue-collar city, they may be good for the Browns. Maybe a good hire. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, he did a damn good job scheming. And now we got to go play Andy Reid. But that's not even the most scariest of drives. Guys, you've, got, you, you've heard me mention, I don't know how many times, credit to punter Brian Anger because he did a phenomenal job in doing the best he can to keep this defense and this team in the game with his field position. The Buffalo Bills started a drive at their own nine. In 11 plays, they went 74 yards and they scored a field goal. The Buffalo Bills started a drive on their four. They win 15 plays, 79 yards, and only got a field goal. Now, mind you, that's a lot of bend on break there for the Houston Texans. I get it. 
But we're not playing the Buffalo Bills. We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And I may sound like a guy that may be wearing red and yellow, but I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm presenting the facts of what needs to happen for this offense, for this for the Texas defense to combat this offense. And that's you have to win on third down. You have to get this team off the field. If not, it's going to be a long day. We allow two, three, actually, there's three drives. I didn't mention the last one that uh, happened uh, right before we went into overtime uh, that the Bills started on their 30. They went 11 plays in a minute and 11 seconds, uh, 41 yards to get the field goals. That didn't shock me at all. They were on their 30. You know, at that point, they're playing for a do-or-die situation. Got down, got the field goal. I get it. Going to overtime, whatever. But the 11-play drive and the 15-play drive, 74 yards, 79 yards. The first drive of the game, 75 yards. Those drives are what concern me. Still waiting to see, playing cat and mouse with the word of what we're going to do with Jonathan Joseph. I hope he's going to be available for a lot of knowledge and what he can bring to this defense, but those two drives, the 11 and 15, after getting pinned on your nine and the four. Guys, the Bills started a drive on the four-yard line and marched 79 yards and only came with a field goal. Came away with a field goal. Now, the good thing about this Chiefs team for the Texans they're pretty one-dimensional. They don't run the ball that much, nor do they run the ball that effective. I mean, they give you uh, four yards per run, but they're, they're not running a lot. They're only averaging 98 yards on the ground. Pretty one-dimensional in the sense of you know what you're going to get out of this offense. You know what you're going to get. This offense features Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Benamy, who, listen, I just don't know why he's not getting a head coaching job. I'm just not sure. I don't know why he's not getting a call. But nonetheless, this offense features those two guys, Andy Reid and Eric, calling plays. And then, oh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Robinson, Harmon, Sadie McCoy, he can get you some love out the backfield, you know. But they're a pretty one-dimensional team. And I don't see this team and the Chiefs changing up at all. Their blood is who their blood is, and it's been that way since Andy Reid came to town. And it's been more that way since they drafted up a couple years ago to go get Patrick Mahomes. Switched to him last year. He goes out and dropped a 50-piece touchdown on the year wins MVP. May have been an MVP winner or running up if he did not get hurt. You know what you're playing. The Texans know who they're playing. You've played them before. Yes, they were hobbled. Yes, they weren't the same defense, but it's not like you did not play the best defense in the league in the New England Patriots. We don't want to hear excuses. You put up 28 points on them. You put up 53 against the Falcons, who were used as a blueprint for the Vikings to beat the Saints. There's no excuses here. Is this game winnable? Yes, it is, and I don't want to hear anybody saying this game is not winnable. You have the talent in Watson. You have the talent in Hopkins. I don't want to hear, well, we still need Fuller in the second half. Hopkins had six catches for 90 yards. Get him the damn ball. Utilize steals. Utilize Carter. 
Utilize the players you have. Win on third downs. And for the defense, get this team the, the hell off the field. Rough them up. Win at the line of scrimmage. It's possible you can win this game. And the last thing you want to do is come out like you did in the first half against the Bills. Allow this team to convert on third downs. You allowed the Buffalo Bills, who only scored 19 yards, 19 points per game, is not a good offense, 52% conversion on third downs. The entire year you have not been a good third down team. But now you know you're playing against a team that's pretty one-dimensional. Secondary is going to have their work cut out for them. Garyon Conley, I'm happy he's here. He, I mean, we can say a lot about the trade of the third-round pick, but it happened when it needed to happen because our secondary was falling like flies, dropping like flies, needed help. Since coming in, I think I said 18 the other day, I have to correct myself, Garyon Conley has 14 pass deflections since being a Houston Texan. Roby Reed, I think this is a game for Lonnie Johnson Jr. I didn't even mention Sammy Watkins. Lonnie Johnson on Sammy Watkins is a matchup I think is favorable because of his speed and his length and his size and his athleticism. What concerns me is with Gibson being out, I don't know who we're going to see on Travis Kelsey. So that's a concern. I'll definitely keep my eye on that, tweet that information out, who they're planning on putting on Kelsey. But this game can definitely end up in a win for the Houston Texans and they can advance to the AFC title game. John, some sports guy, Hickman. At some sports guy with two Y's doing a solo show today. Had a lot of fun. Wish Cody was here. He'll be back tomorrow for tomorrow's show, hopefully. We're both coming off a little of IR. Something is in the air. Hopefully that whatever is in the air leads to a win for the Houston, Texas. Until next time, don't forget to like You Can Argue That Sports on Facebook. Follow the You Can Argue That Sports Twitter page, along with Locked On Texans. Like them on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the website of You Can Argue That Sports so you can enter your name into the drawing to win a $50 Visa gift card. Word otherwise, if you know who your opponent is, don't settle for less. Go for the throat. Oh, by the way, here's a Breaking Bad update. Skylar White is not the problem anymore. It's Walter. Walter is starting to get on my nerve. He's being irrational. Until next time, peace.